What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of X Knows All. Today is going to be a little bit of a different episode. I know that recently I've been honing in on a single topic and then diving into that topic for a little over an hour. And I feel as if lately there's just been so much going on in the pop culture hemisphere. Sorry, that was my ring. There's so many things going on in the pop culture hemisphere that I feel as if I need to discuss it all by myself just kind of have a rehashing of trending topics as if I were talking to one of my girlfriends on the phone also I'm feeling very loose today I'm feeling very je ne sais quoi like very unhinged at the moment I think it's because of the placement at which I'm recording this episode usually I'm in my office in my chair in my desk chair in my you know but now I have mobily moved my entire setup to my bed because I feel as if when you're in your bed when you're in your bedroom this is when the most unhinged topics come up where you can be your most authentic self so let's dive in shall we today's topics are going to be the following we're going to be talking about Ariana Grande's new song yes and we're also going to be discussing the southern charm reunion we're going to be speaking to speak Selena Gomez's recent social media hiatus and then her coming right back on. Of course, the Timothy, Kylie, Kelly Teller, Taylor Swift, Selena Gomez, Whispergate at the Golden Globes as well from last week. And I'm also going to be recapping Saltburn because I did watch the movie and I have so many thoughts on the film and... I feel like no one's really vocalizing these thoughts, but I feel like everyone in their head is thinking this about the movie if you've watched it. So I want to just address those those musings uh, on this episode. So I'm really excited to be chatting and let's get into the topic. So Ariana Grande's new song, Yes And. First of all, let me just talk about my journey with Ariana Grande. I was a huge fan of the Yours Truly album, like Honeymoon Avenue, like her old Dangerous Woman album. But when she really blew up into the stratosphere, with the pop culture stratosphere, when she became the iconic it girl of pop music in 2018, when she released Sweetener and then the next album, Thank You Next, no one was a bigger Ariana fan than I was. I was so damn obsessed with her. And I think I was actually recently listening to Sweetener and Thank You Next, both of the albums, and the Dangerous Woman album, actually, here and there, over the past week since Yes And was released. And my God, Ariana has such incredible bops and such, she's just a pop music expert, a pop music connoisseur. And she, her lyrics may be a bit vapid, they may be a bit shallow. They're very, like, fuck you, I don't give a shit what you think kind of lyrics. But I think that's what makes a pop banger. Do you know what I mean? So needless to say, I was so excited when she released Yes And on on Friday. And I listened to it right when it released on Spotify on Thursday night Pacific Standard Time. And I was like, oh my god, this is exactly what I need from my girl Ariana Grande. Like this is the kind of music that we need back in, back into, you know, in the airwaves. Because I feel like, you know, it's the Billie Eilishes and it's kind of, all the music as as of late just seems very sad I don't know if that's just because I don't know if that's just me and I just normally listen to depressing music and I'm projecting my opinion on overall airwaves on the radio but I feel like we haven't had a really nice pop banger in so long and I feel as though yes and was exactly what I needed it scratched that itch 
And really quickly, before I go into yes and, I want to talk about my obsession with Ariana Grande back in 2018 when she was blowing up. I recall seeing her at the SAP Arena in San Jose in 2018. And I remember I was so excited for that concert. I got dressed up. I wore this big baggy sweatshirt. Uh, it was merch from from her tour, God is a Woman, and big block letters on this black crew neck sweatshirt. And I wore these thigh-high uh these thigh high boots I had my hair on a pony it was classic Ariana Grande I went with one of my girlfriends Elisa and we took the train from San Francisco to San Jose and it was I remember being so excited for this concert I was like oh my gosh like I finally get to see Ariana Grande you know whip her hair she was just so cute as a button and I was so shocked at how over it she was during that entire performance she I would equate it honestly to how Justin Bieber used to perform before he started canceling all of his tours she just seemed really tired and she seemed like she wasn't really present in the entire show I remember she was you know she was doing choreographed dance moves she was moving along with her dancers but her body and soul wasn't on stage if that makes any sense her voice sounded amazing as it always does but she seemed checked out and I remember thinking during that concert you know I really hope Ariana Grande takes the time that she needs to just relax relax because it felt as if Scooter Braun was really pushing her you know being her manager at the time I don't even know if she's her manager now I know there were conversations about her wanting to break away from Scooter Braun but at the time Scooter was her manager and I remember thinking you know does Scooter have Ariana's best interests in mind because she doesn't seem in this at all and my prayers were answered because Ariana Grande did in fact take a break for years she released an album called Positions in 2020 and while I'm sure it got a lot of streams like it didn't have nearly the fascination with Ariana as Sweetener and Thank You Next and the album honestly didn't even hold a candle to its predecessors so after that 2020 album Positions she kind of just faded into nothingness you know she quietly got married to Dalton Gomez but I regardless of what was going on in her personal life I was just happy she was taking a break from the show business because she's been so overworked especially during the height of her Pete Davidson era the Sweener era thank you next era she was on top of the world but I could tell just from watching her performance she was not mentally there so She's taken the hiatus. A lot of life changes, a lot of personal changes have occurred for Ariana. And when I was listening closer to the to the song, first of all, it's really difficult to understand what exactly Ariana's saying in the song. I had to look at the lyrics.com for the song because I was like, what is she saying? She sounds so breathy and whispery. And although that is her MO, kind of the Mariah Carey breathiness when she's singing, it was really difficult to understand the lyrics so I had to go into the lyrics and be like I keep hearing people saying that there's this dick writing comment that is in the song and I've listened to the song five million times and I can't catch it and it took me literally like my 400th time listening to the song to be like oh there's that lyric so let me just state the lyrics as if I'm speaking you know a poem so it goes yes and say that shit with your chest and be your own fucking best friend Say that shit with your chest. Keep moving like, what's next? Yes, and? My tongue is sacred. I speak upon what I like. Protected, sexy, discerning with my time. Your energy is yours and mine is mine. What's mine is mine. My face is sitting. I don't need no disguise. Don't comment on my body. Do not reply. 
Your business, your business is yours and mine is mine. Why do you care so much whose blank I ride, dick? Let me just say, irrespective of what happened between Dalton Gomez and Ethan Slater and Ethan Slater's ex-wife, I think the lyrics in and of itself are empowering. It's kind of giving, makes you that much stronger, makes me work a little bit harder, you know, like Christina Aguilera. But it's kind of just kind of, it's really empowering to say, you know, I'm living my own life and regardless of whatever lane you're in, I'm going to be on my own lane and I'm not going to be veering in you know, veering into the other lanes. I'm here on my own and I'm going to stand for what I believe in and I don't give a shit what you say. I think the lyrics by itself are very empowering. But of course, context is key, right? As is as is context in most things in life. Context is always very much key. And trust me, I make it my business literally in X Knows All podcasts to discuss celebrities, who they're dating, their lifestyle, how they spend their net, how they spend their money, but ultimately It's truly none of my fucking business, right? I just do this for fun. But I think it's very important if we take a step back to understand Ariana and a lot of the trauma that she sustained, right? And I think I remember one time in her, the peak of her fame when she shared an image of her brain. She had gotten a brain scan done and she was like, you know, the normal person's brain looks like this, but because I've endured so much trauma, it looks like my brain looks like this and I'm just racking my brain to think about what she's gone through from a very young age. And I think we sometimes forget she was a Nickelodeon star. She worked very closely with Dan Schneider. I did an episode on Amanda Bynes. And in that same vein, I talked about Ariana and the really troubling scenes from her time on Nickelodeon. And I posted it on my Instagram. If you if you go to my feed, at all. But there was these really troubling and really graphic graphically sexual scenes that Nickelodeon was made Ariana play play to and it's very disturbing and if you can just imagine okay if the Nickelodeon producers and staff are allowing Ariana Grande who was a minor at the time to enact such sexually graphic and innuendous I don't know if that's a word but you guys get what I'm trying to say very sexually innuendous scenes what was going on you know on camera what was really going on behind the camera? And I think a lot of that is in part towards the oversight that Dan Schneider had on the entire Nickelodeon production and on uh, the show that Ariana Grande was on. Obviously, of course, we can't mention her trauma without mentioning the Manchester uh, bombings that happened at her concert. She was not harmed, but many young children were. And you can't even, I could not even begin to imagine or fathom what that does to someone to know that you were the reason these young children and their families showed up to the Manchester Stadium and they were killed because of it, what that does to your body. I mean, I equate it almost to, God forbid, if you were to get into a car accident and let's just say there wasn't drink, drunk driving involved, it was truly just an accident, but you were responsible for a single person's death and then you extrapolate that to being the artist that everyone showed up for and then they were later killed for, it's a very dark thought and I can't even begin to imagine what that felt like for her. And then of course, you know, the trauma that came with Mac Miller and his overdose and his passing, right? When that happened, everyone, of course, was so quick to blame Ariana saying, 
you know, Mac Miller was heartbroken and he saw you and Pete Davidson parading your relationship around and you guys were this it couple and there were all these speculations and these rumors online and there was not even any credibility to these rumors but I did hear rumors online that were saying something to the effect of oh you know Pete Davidson was sending Mac Miller photos of him and Ariana very explicit photos of him and Ariana and he sent it to Mac Miller a couple days before his passing of course these are all rumors I don't know if there's any source of validity to them but of course you have Mac's fans jumping down Ariana's throat saying you're the reason that Mac Miller overdosed and died Everyone has their own agency to do as they please. And um, the Mac Miller tragedy was horrific. Uh, me and my old roommate goes, I would always joke, like we think about Mac Miller's death like at least once a week. It really haunts us because he was such a talented and gifted artist. And I feel like his fans and the world and his family lost him far too soon. And that's just a tragedy in and of itself. And then to lose someone not only that you love so deeply, but then to have the entire world as you're dealing with the grief – blame you for your ex-boyfriend's death is not only so harmful and egregious and incorrect but so so traumatic for for Ariana so I I really when people judge Ariana online I think it's all valid criticisms right I think what she's done recently over the past six months to a year has been very terrible but I think again it's all with it's all with context right I am not a licensed marriage family therapist. I'm not a psychologist. But just based on my work that I've done in therapy, to me, if I were to if I were to be Ariana's friend, I would tell her that her response to trauma seems very self-inflicted and almost like she responds to trauma by acting in self-harm. And self-harm meaning a variety of different ways, right? When you think of the term self-harm, I think I would think of, you know, like, physically abusing your body or or cutting yourself or or what have you but I think you know she responds to trauma in a way that's very self-destructive and it seems as though based on her physical appearance that she's taking it out on her body and in the lyrics you know as I as I spoke to just now it says don't comment I don't comment on my body do not reply your business is yours and mine is mine and I think that's a very valid statement right and as someone who struggled with body image issues and a lot of insecurity over her body, I, I know what it feels like to have these really invasive thoughts about what you look like or how people are perceiving you. So that I can completely empathize with. I think the one thing that I can come across, and I want to say this very respectfully, is it's difficult as a public person when you're presenting your body to the world in a way, like I guess what I'm trying to say is her Instagram photos are very much body checking to me if you look at all the photos I I feel as if there's this photo that she always posts or something like similar to this kind of photo where she's sleeping next to her dog and she's in the dog bed and she's nestled and almost in the fetus fetal position and it's very clear through this angle that she's trying to show that her body is so small such that it can fit into a dog bed right and she has she has photos of herself with her collarbones sticking out and um again her journey with her body is her own journey and I'm not here to judge that. I think what I'm saying is it's very difficult for people like us who are consumers of pop culture, who are consumers of her, who have contributed to her success to not be concerned, especially when she's posting images of herself on her own Instagram. These aren't paparazzi photos. These are pictures that she's voluntarily choosing to sh- choosing to show and share that clearly is showing her body. And it's a the term body checking is 
often used in the eating disorder community if you're not familiar. So when you're going through recovery, it's very uh, therapists and you know, licensed doctors and nutritionists encourage you not to quote unquote body check. And that's, um, so body checking can be mean anything between looking at yourself in the mirror and, um, you know, checking your stomach or, uh, physically grabbing like your arm fat or, um, it's just heavily discouraged in the eating disorder community. And that can mean either looking at yourself in the mirror, videotaping yourself and checking your body by looking at the video, looking at your body through pictures. And I think through these images that she's posting on her Instagram, it seems like she's body checking herself is what I'm trying to say. And it's, it's hard for us to not comment on it when it's like, here's my body, but don't, here's my body. And to me, she's clearly body checking, but then also don't comment on it. Does that make sense? It's almost like you tell us not to comment on it, but then you also post very triggering photos to someone uh, who could be struggling. And to be clear, it's not her job to not trigger people, right? She can post whatever the hell she wants. It's just, to me, it's kind of this juxtaposition. It's kind of, it's a bit of an ironic thing to say in your lyrics when it's clear, like you're trying to body check, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And the whole ruining a marriage thing, the comment of why do you care so much whose dick I ride? Again, it goes back to you're a public figure. You had a very, you are in this movie where you're playing Glinda the Good Witch, which I feel like, have you guys noticed? Like how many months is this, is this film taking to, to produce and to make? I feel like they have been filming this, this movie since 2020. Does that feel that way? Like I swear to God, this movie better be the God, best goddamn movie I've ever seen in my life because they have taken forever and she keeps talking on her Instagram about how Glinda the Good Witch and the making of this movie and the production of it changed her life but it's like if this is not 100% on Rotten Tomatoes from both critics and fans I expect nothing less at this point because of the way that they've been talking and hyping this movie up but of course we're going to comment on whose dick you ride when this is literally (laughs) this guy who was married with a very young child basically a newborn and he then divorced his wife and decided to get together with you. It's so salacious. It's giving Mr. and Mrs. Smith circa whenever that was filmed, 2004, early 2000s, with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Of course, we're going to have something to say about it. This is the most public, salacious thing we could ever come across. It's just when, again, the sentiments of the song made a lot of sense and were very empowering, but in the context of you literally ruined a marriage and a young child now has to grow up knowing that his father very publicly cheated on his mother with a huge A-list star. And not only that, she also cheated on Dalton Gomez, her husband at the time, with Ethan Slater. So yeah, we're going to care about whose dick you ride, Ariana. I hope that doesn't sound too insensitive. I'm really trying to see both sides. And again, I think her trauma is very valid and real. And I think she's responding in a way that most of us cannot understand. I mean, one of those three things, the trauma working with Dan Schneider, trauma with the Manchester bombings, trauma with Mac Miller dying from an overdose. One of these three things would really ruin a person, let alone all three and in the public eye, right? So I want to give her grace while at the same time really wanting her to be accountable for her actions. Okay, next thing I want to talk about is the Southern Charm reunion. I first started watching Southern Charm this season right so I've never watched prior seasons and now I'm going back into season one and trying to start from the beginning but I've really been invested in this season of Southern Charm and mind you I had no idea the history of these characters I knew broadly being a Bravo avid an avid Bravo watcher 
what the whole shtick was with Craig and Austin and, and Shep. And I've watched Summer House uh, for a couple of years now. And I know Austin and Craig from that show. But I'm not familiar with who the two of them are on Southern Charm. And I must say, Southern Charm is giving this season. I have been encouraging all of my friends who don't watch Southern Charm. I'm like, you don't even need to start from the beginning. If you just start with the current season, it is amazing. It is incredible television. It's not nearly as scandalous as Scandal, but it's kind of like one iota below that. So essentially, if you're unfamiliar with the show, Taylor Ann Green and Olivia Flowers are best friends. Taylor dated Austin, excuse me, Taylor dated Shep and Olivia dated Austin Kroll. And during the off season, they became really close because they were both single. They both broke up with their respective boyfriends or situationships. Olivia wasn't in a full-blown relationship with Austin, but they were very much together, right? Like to the, it's girl code. Uh, you don't hook up with your friend's exes or ex-situationships. But essentially, we find out that during the off-season, while Olivia was contemplating whether or not to get back with Austin, she was still very much brokenhearted. Taylor Ann Green was going behind her best friend's back and was hooking up with Austin. So much so to the point where Taylor and both Austin – admitted to the fact that it got so serious to one point that they started discussing the potential of exploring this relationship between the two of them with their family members and Olivia started hearing wind of this and she straight up confronted Taylor at the beginning of the season and Taylor denied it she said no we've never even so much as kissed we did talk about whether or not there was a spark and we did talk about it with her we did talk about it with our families but we never actually took it a step further so you have nothing to worry about then come to find out weeks later as they're still filming, Taylor ended up actually making out with Austin, to which both her and Austin admitted to. And so it was very duplicitous for Olivia to find out that for months her basically ex-boyfriend and best friend had been lying to, to her about the extent of the relationship that they had formed. And while Taylor and Austin still maintain that they only kiss and that it didn't go further than that, Olivia and basically everyone else on the cast is convinced that it they had sex like as adults how do you just go to kissing right it typically goes down the rabbit hole from from there and I think what's super interesting about Taylor's character and again I'm a very new watcher of Southern Charm so I don't know the history right this is only my interpretation and my impression of Taylor just from having watched one season she genuinely seems like a very nice girl and her actions are just so such a foil to who I think she really is at her core I think that the breakup with Shep really messed Taylor up and I've definitely been there like acting out in ways after you break up with someone where you act so harmful to yourself and others and I think that's why I have a lot of empathy for Taylor because I've definitely been in her position where you act out in ways that you don't even recognize yourself you're like this is not who I am this is not my values this is not what I stand for and here I am in this really precarious egregious situation that I never thought myself to ever be into right and I think I've never gotten to the point where I've hooked up with a friend's boyfriend or gotten myself in a situation like that but I've definitely gone to situations where I'm like wow, <laughs> that is like so not like me and why did I act out in this way? And I think that's how Taylor is behaving. And I think it's really sad because she continues to put her foot in her mouth time and time again. It began when she and Austin were 
in fact, had actually kissed, and she denied it for months to Olivia's face, only for Olivia to basically say, I know you're lying. Just tell me the truth. Like, that was error number one. I think had Taylor just come forward to Olivia and said, listen, I love you so much. I care about Austin, but I care about our friendship more. And this is what happened. And I want you to hear it from me. I don't want you to hear it from anyone else and just be super honest. I really think Olivia would have gotten over it. But the fact that Taylor kept doubling down on the lie and then not copying to the fact that they had sex, which I'm positive. I mean, I don't know for fact, but I'm, I'm willing to, you know, bet money on it that they did in fact have sex. It just sucks that Taylor, I think, means well, but she doesn't know how to... I think she sees herself having gotten down the rabbit hole and has dug herself, dug her grave so deeply that she doesn't know how to get out of it. So now she's like, rather than pulling herself out of the grave, she's like doubling down on her insults towards Olivia and just making it worse. And I think she's gone too far that she doesn't know what to do at this point. And I think it's really important for me to differentiate the behavior of Taylor versus Rachel from Sonoma, right? From Vanderpump Rules. Something about Rachel, and i if you follow me on Instagram, at all, you know that I troll Rachel so hard and something about her really triggers me. And I can't exactly put my finger on it, but something about Rachel from Sonoma, it's so robotic and so dark. The energy to me is so dark. And I remember even before Scandal, when everyone was team Rachel, I was like, something doesn't feel right about this girl. Like my gut intuition was like, she seems like her intentions are very dark, darkly deep-seated. Like this is exactly who she is. And then of course, we come to find out that's exactly who she is. And for everyone online, that's like, oh my God, like we need to give Rachel grace. She was a victim. She's just a young girl. Rachel is like 29, almost 30 years old. She has full agency to make good decisions and not blame it entirely on a man. Sandoval is equally as at fault if you guys have been listening to me for a while I was on Ryan Bailey's show and we had like a fight about it because I was like I met Sandoval at Pride in 2018 and he was the meanest cast member I've ever met meanest quote-unquote celebrity if you even want to call it that I've ever met so I was like I don't like Sandoval he has dark energy to me and Rachel had that equally dark energy about her and it's something that you can't really put your finger on it nor can you really explicitly explain it just is right I can't I I am a good energy reader. Like my intuition is always spot on. My therapist always says that. She's like, you were always right about people. And something about Rachel just felt bad. But Taylor does not have that same dark energy as Rachel. It's a sinisterness that Rachel has that Taylor does not have. And I truly think that Taylor just doesn't, she's kind of stupid, I think. (laughs) Like she's not a very smart girl. So I think she doesn't really know how to... How, she's not a good reality star. Like she's a good reality star because she's messy, but she's not good because she's not smart. Like she's not smart like Madison or Paige, right? Um, or I'm trying to think of like housewives that are really smart, like Erica Jane. She's just stupid and she kind of is just not meant for reality. But it's good reality TV for me because I can enjoy like the drama that is unfolding on my screen, but it's not good for her from a personal development, personal growth standpoint. Does that make sense? All right, Uh, moving on, let's talk about Selena Gomez and her social media hiatuses. Let me preface this by saying I love Selena Gomez, would take a bullet for her. I'm obsessed with rare beauty. I feel like that's the thing that's going to make her a billionaire. It's so successful. I own so many things rare beauty. Their liquid blush is incredible. Their liquid highlighter is amazing. I own all of her brushes, the concealer brush, the blush brush, the foundation brush. 
yesterday I just bought the body lotion from Sephora because I am a consumerist capital capitalistic queen and it smells so delicious and I just really love her I love only murders in the building I'm a fan of all of her albums do I think she's the most talented singer she's not a talented singer whatsoever but she produces bops and my prediction with Selena is this kind of erratic behavior on social media whether it be her commenting about Benny Blanco and how super duper happy she is in her relationship and how she's never been treated as well as she has with Benny Blanco or if it's her you know telling everyone she's taking a social media break and then going back on less than 24 hours later I don't know what state she's in I know she has bipolar and I don't know if she's not being compliant with her medications but it seems almost manic behavior from her and I'm actually concerned I mean this with as much empathy and sympathy for my girl Selena because I really want the best for her and I know she struggles with so many health issues both physical and mental and that cannot be easy I mean even being an anxious sometimes leveling on depressed girly myself life is hard like it's really hard sometimes and just to have one ailment sucks but to have multiple ailments mental and physical is so hard and it's it makes it tough because I just see her acting on impulses so many times and I think that's just what makes us all human I think that's what makes her a human being and what I think honestly makes her relatable like I feel like if as if I were an A-list celebrity right this would totally be my behavior I would be so impulsive and erratic on social media like you guys see my Instagram whenever I see a bad comment about myself on Reddit I'll like post it on my Instagram story and be like, why is everyone so mean to me? Like, I don't understand. And then I'll like two minutes later, I'm like, so anyways, how's your guys' day? Like, that's literally me. And, you know, I take meds for my anxiety. So I'm trying to be compliant with my medication so that I'm not as manic and impulsive as I otherwise would be if I were at my baseline. But I think being a celebrity and as big as she is, it's like, Selena you're too A-list to be behaving like this like what what is the end game for her and I don't know if it's her frustration with the media and how she's portrayed and her just trying to take back that agency as to how she's portrayed to the general public but I think it's actually having quite the opposite effect in that people are getting sick of it and this is kind of how I'm feeling about Taylor Swift Taylor Swift is the biggest star in the world she's literally a pop culture pop culture generational icon that will live on she's the best songwriter of our generation she's the best performer of our generation she has the best songs she's dating a you know a huge name in in the sports world she's always at every single Kansas City Chiefs game like I feel as though she's being oversaturated and that's kind of how I feel about Selena Gomez I feel like they're getting shoved down our throats so much Taylor with her being on the the cover of people or being on E! News or page six every single day, people get annoyed with it. And if you look at the comments, people are like, this again? But it's, okay, I'm definitely not that kind of person, but I feel like that's the sentiment that we're all kind of feeling. And I think Selena, with these social media hiatuses off and on and off and on, everyone's just kind of trolling her at this point. In fact, on all like the LA Influencer Snark pages, people are like, why is Selena doing this? Like people are getting so tired and fatigued over this manic behavior and I kind of agree with them 
But that doesn't mean I will never not love Selena or buy her products or watch Only Murders in the Building. Like, I'll still buy anything that she puts out. And I am still her biggest fan. But I, like, need her PR team to be a bit stronger. I need her team to take literally take her phone away and give her, like, a Nokia brick phone so that she doesn't make these egregious errors in the future because I feel like ultimately people are going to get sick of it and they're not going to give her as much grace as I'm giving her they're going to stop consuming her content they're going to unfollow her on Instagram they might stop buying her shit I mean I don't think it'll really go to that because I think she's just so famous that nothing she can do will really impact people's opinions but I do think people are going to get sick of her and they're going to that energy is going to source itself online if that makes sense. And while we're talking about Selena Gomez, can we quickly talk about the Timothy Kylie whisper with Kylie Taylor and Taylor Swift? Selena later com- came on and she posted on an Instagram post about the whisper and said, no, I wasn't talking about Timothy and Kylie. I was talking about two friends that hooked up. Not that it's anyone's business. You cannot convince me that she was talking about Ki- Kim. <laughs> I can't say it. Kylie and Timothy. I almost said Kimothy. You cannot convince me that Selena was not talking shit about Kylie Jenner. I mean, but, but between the whole eyebrow gate and with the beef between Hailey Bieber and Hailey Bieber being super close with Kendall and Kylie, who we all know do not like Selena Gomez. And Selena Gomez and Timothy have been close for a long time. They uh, starred in A Rainy Day in New York, a Woody Allen, mu- Woody Allen movie with Elle Fanning as well. It's super cute. I would recommend watching it. I think it's on Hulu. But they were love interests in that film. And I remember... Back in 2020, Selena Gomez did an Instagram live uh, and it was during like voting time and she was Instagram living with Timothy and I remember watching it like I was on live with them and they were just chatting and they're just they've been friends for years right after having filmed that movie together and I've also heard that they hooked up on the set of that movie which would not surprise me but I think that this definitely happened and I know Timothy later came out in that paparazzi video that TMZ released which I did watch and all the headlines are saying you know Timothy calls BS on the fact that Selena was talking shit about his girlfriend Kylie but if you watch the video it's so funny because Timothy and this blonde woman who I assume was part of his team were walking out of they were somewhere in like Beverly Hills West Hollywood area it looked like they were walking out of this establishment and this pap was waiting for another celebrity but she was like oh my god this is a gold mine like timothy post golden globes i have to ask him so she was chasing him down the street for like three blocks and kept asking timothy is it true did kylie refuse a picture with selena and timothy was ignoring her the entire three blocks like literally the paparazzi was like sprinting like like timothy what do you have to say and timothy put on his hood he was trying to keep a low profile and he kept saying to his friend the blonde girl that was walking with him he's like what are the chances like how did you find me what the hell like how are you how did you know we were there and she's like I wasn't looking for you I was looking for someone else and then at the very end Timothy just says like very quietly under his breath he's like eh, no it's BS just kept walking it just didn't seem very convincing is what I'm trying to say if he were like doing a one-on-one interview with I don't know Drew Barrymore and Drew Barrymore asked him and he's like no it definitely is not true this is exactly what was said that that whole thing was misinterpreted but he blew off the paparazzi so fast he was he responded to the paparazzi by saying no that whole whisper thing is bs in a way that made me seem he was just saying whatever the paparazzi wanted him to say so that they would go away from him like he wanted to be left alone and he would have said anything to just make her leave him so that's my whole take 
on the Whispergate. Selena is a shitster. She knew exactly what the fuck she was doing. She knew she was being filmed. You're always being filmed at those things. There's not any which way about it. Like if you're an A-list star like Selena and Taylor, especially if you're talking to Taylor Swift and cameras see that Selena and Taylor are engaging in conversation, Selena knows there's cameras. And Taylor is very well media trained. Taylor, even though she can be kind of, you know, combative, she's very, very secretive about what she you know, she always held her, put her hand over her mouth when she was speaking back to Selena. And Selena Gomez was enunciating. She was clearly having all this attitude when she was talking with Kylie and Taylor when she goes, no. Like she wanted people to know what she was saying. So again, that goes back to Selena stirring the pot intentionally. And I don't know what her end game is. Is I really actually think her end game was to stir up that drama genuinely dead ass I think that she is just petty like that and she was like you know Haley and Kylie treated me so poorly and I'm just gonna go back and stick it to him and I'm gonna talk on live and on camera at the Golden Globes with my best friend Taylor and talk shit about them and she got what she wanted and now she's you know trying to cover it up but like I think she knows real Selena fans know we knew what she meant and we heard you Selena loud and clear like Kylie was mean to you like Team Selena, always. Okay, last thing. I really want to talk about the movie Saltburn with Jacob Elordi and Barry Keoghan. Um, I have a couple questions. I get that this movie is supposed to be a cinematic masterpiece. And I was talking to my sister and she was like, oh my god. Like my sister is super artsy and creative and like very indie and cool girl. You know, like couldn't be me, right? But... I get this This movie is supposed to be a cinematic masterpiece, but Audrey was telling me, she was like, you just don't get it. Like, you're too basic to get it. Like, I'm not trying to sound like not like other girls, but I really don't get it. I thought it was weird. I, I was on my phone, like, half the time because I was like, this is stupid. This is slow. I don't really understand the reason for this movie. It wasn't that entertaining. I thought it was really weird. Um, the bathtub scene. So for those of you that haven't seen it, and you can fast forward uh if you choose not to get spoiled it's not even a spoiler it's just disgusting there's a scene where Jacob Elordi is masturbating in the bathtub and him and Barry Hogan's character share they don't share a room but they share a bathroom and the bathroom is intersects between the two of their bedrooms and Barry Hogan puts his ear up to the bathroom door and he hears Jacob Elordi like moaning and he's clearly you know masturbating and oh my god I literally could vomit even talking about this I was texting a girlfriend of mine and I was like I'm not joking. I thought I was going to vomit. I was that disgusted. Barry Kogan then proceeds to get into the tub, like clothes on, and the bathtub had been drained. But oh my God, I'm like literally, I feel like nauseous even saying this out loud. There's a little bit of residual water around the bathtub drain. Barry Kogan's character starts like slurping the bath water. Oh, Oh my God. Slurping the bath water up and like licking the drain where Jacob Elordi's character was like watching his dirty body and come in the water like Barry Kogan's character was trying to like lick it off the tub oh my god I can't that to me was the most disturbing part not Barry Kogan's character eating that girl out when she was on her period or when he was humping the grave I also heard on Giggly Squad that Perry Keoghan's character at the grave scene where he takes off his pants and starts like having sex with the soil. Like that wasn't part of, allegedly, I don't know if this is true. Hannah Burner said that that part wasn't actually written in the scene. It was like full improvisation from Barry Keoghan where he was like, you know, 
fuck it and he like whipped out his pants and started like having sex with the soil and hannah burner i was dying she goes can you imagine like everyone like behind the scenes like camera crew was like all right barry that's 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 enough we got the we got the shot like it's just so bizarre whoever made that movie is sick disgusting they need to be put in a mental institution and also i get that barry kogan's like the new up-and-coming artist like i get he's you know it boy of the moment he's in saltburn uh, next to jacob lordy i heard on demois podcast that he was kind of like a little bit of a little bit reclusive on the set of saltburn and kind of only really wanted to be friends with jacob lordy which cloud chaser <laughs> and i guess he insisted on like taking his shirt off a lot and then i kind of went down a rabbit hole and i was going down barry keoghan's instagram if you notice all of his red i totally believe this dumas story because on the podcast where he wanted to take his shirt off because allegedly someone who played an extra on the university set said yeah he was kind of just like always down to like take off his clothes because like he has a good body for sure if you go to barry keoghan's instagram i swear to god all of his red carpet photos are of him in a vest with no like undershirt like he's trying to show off his muscles and it kind of gives me like it gave me a huge cringe hearing that on jamal about how he insisted on taking off his shirt to him on the red carpet always showing off his muscles it gave me the ick i get he has a good body i'm not refuting that it's more of like wow like you really want to show off your muscles to where like you're kind of like raw dogging your arms on the red carpet at like the golden globes weird vibes do you know what i mean um so yeah, those are some of my random musings about pop culture references. Man, that really just flew by. I should do more episodes like this. Let me know what you guys want to hear. Follow me on Instagram at xnozal. I'm trying to increase my follower count. You know, I'm over 2,000 now, so not a big deal. But like, you remember when I was thirsting for 1K? Well, here I am. But no, seriously, love you guys so much. Message me what you, what you want to hear more of, and I'll see you on the next one.